What's swinging, Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Steel Mace Nation podcast. I am your host, Fred Moore, and today with me, my guest is Charles Sconia. He is the owner-operator of Charge Fitness in Philadelphia. Uh, he's also uh, has Philly Mace training as part of that system, and he's the first Steel Mace training system, or they are the f- first Steel Mace training system in the city of Brotherly Love. And, you know, Charles, you're a Steel Mace Flow certified coach, and you also have the Onnit certification. That's right. And um, so how long have you been using a mace for now? So I picked up my first mace in December of 2015. I was looking at Indian clubs and saw the steel clubs, and being a little bit of a meathead, I thought to myself, you know, let me – you know get more pounds for my for my money and uh went you know thought i could have some uh strength effects from the 15 but that's really where it started yeah, yeah. so you basically did what a lot of guys do they said eh let me get the 15 yep and they skipped they skipped the the easy stuff but yeah. so how did that actually work out for you did you were you okay with that or i mean some people are but well so i you know i the the steel mace exercises i was doing at the beginning were pretty you know overhead barbarian squats where you're just pulling it over and you know working with some 360s and doing switch curls and kind of getting into it like that and i would say i sort of dabbled with the mace and ultimately got lighter weight maces for my clients to work with but then eventually when i started picking up a 10 pound mace um you know i I found the seven pound shorter lighter mace was a little bit below what i needed um but then the 10 pound became the sweet spot and and that's when i think i I started getting into you know actually going and doing the audit certification and uh learning the ways to really pull energy out of the mace um and then from there the 10 pounder sort of came uh really in handy when i started getting into steel mace flow yeah cool so let me ask you this question uh when you started using the maces before you got your certifications did you kind of feel i'll just figure it out on my own and did it seem like oh this is easy i'll just figure it out on my own kind of thing or were you prepared to go deeper at some point you know i i think i've i've become very pleasantly maybe not surprised but um there's a definitely a, a positive feeling with how much more expansive work with the mace has become since the beginning i um i i always say like i you know part of it personally was me looking for some shoulder rehab connecting the upper body to the to the core and i'd always heard about indian clubs and i was really looking for you know a two or three pair and that's what attracted me to the five pound club so you know i think i had an idea of creating you know effective functional shoulder rotation doing full body moves um, chopping and things like that, you know, looking into Indian clubs and seeing like, again, like the meathead in me was like 60 some dollars for two pounds of weight. No, I don't know. I can't, I can't make that commitment right now. Um, but I, so what, what YouTube led me to was, uh, an on it video with the steel mace. And I was seeing, you know, the barbarian squats or warrior squats and different shoveling moves. And I thought, okay, like this is stuff that I get. Um, I've done this with different implements. This is obviously a new implement to me. And I definitely feel like I can pick this up, do something for myself do something for my clients that I know they haven't touched before but that was really the beginning and I wasn't so into using it as an offset barbell tool I was using it I I was interested in more of a 
full body functional chopping sort of movement. So I felt pretty confident at that point yeah. that like that was what I could subsist on. And then from there, I, w I would say when I got to the Onnit certification, that was a really fortunate step in you know legitimizing my experience with the mace and then just learning, going a step further in the, the making light heavy and making heavy light and understanding the isometrics and really mm -hmm. just the whole sort of upper body positioning and, you know, the brachial plexus. And, and, and that really kind of opened up a whole other level. Yeah. So, so I felt confident. Um, I was more on the functional end of things as a trainer anyway and had done different, you know, whether it was kettlebell or using things like vipers, which are the, the rubber tube things that, you know, you can do these sort of moving out here exercises with. And when I saw the mace, I thought, okay, I can, I can handle this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now, after using it for this amount of time, and obviously you know you're training people, do do you see changes in people's physiques at all? Uh, do you see changes in your physique? What what have yeah. you noticed? Yeah, so I, I think maces are great for like so many things. I mean, that's a, it's such a uh, you know you can go down the rabbit hole and all of the ways to use a mace and, and the benefits it has, but. I think I like to say that using a steel mace gives you sort of like Wolverine muscles, right? And it is that when you open this up and you start exposing, you know, the deep shoulder and things like that, I would say um, it's definitely given me a, a static change in my physique. It's given me a dynamic change in my physique and how I move through space actively. So, you know, what does my back look like or what are my legs looking or my upper body looking like if I'm going into a lunge with a rotation, whether it's with a mace or not? Um, I think it's definitely it definitely brought a new perspective to the spinal organization when it comes to squatting with a mace and how that can be beneficial with weight transfer and balance and other weighted implements for squats. So I think I've noticed a change both statically and dynamically in my posture and, and in my physique. And um, I think the same goes for my clients. Uh, my clients are doing a lot of different type of training in my gym. But I know that for sure the um, the coordination and e even the posture setup of working with the mace improves my client's posture out of the gate, right? Because once we once we get that mace in the front loaded position or even in the bottom front loaded position, once you're starting to wrap into the mace, what it does to the shoulders and what it does to the core automatically makes someone move and look differently as they stand there. So 100%. Yeah, that's a good point. People start to actually carry themselves a little different yeah. right you're you're more upright i notice i'm way more um mindful of my posture nowadays yep big time like i always notice when i'm slouching and i slouch a lot i mean I'm, i know i'm doing it right now because i'm leaning in toward the mic but sure even just like hanging out i'm just you know starting to slouch and and i always just start getting my elbow my my uh, shoulders back sure and I never did that before. Yeah. You know? There's, a, I think, the, the very special thing that, you know, everybody talks about is the offset of the mace. It's, you know, even, you know, as soon as you pick it up, it's different than many other things. There's not a right. lot of people. And I think the, the closest thing that you might get for the average person is, like, they've picked up a shovel and done something with it, right, to yeah. get the, you know. And I know, like, you know, growing up, uh, you know, through my college and teen, uh, 20s and things like that, being in gyms and being around chiropractors, I would see, you know, when the winter months come around, like a, a chiropractor I used to go to would do a, like a newsletter that was like make sure you like work on twisting and all this stuff because so many people go out and like start shoveling and they pull their back because they're they're doing all these different you know way more advanced than they're used to so I think once you get that mace in the hand it truly does 
click something on in the spine and people feel it. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 And more injuries occur in the transverse plane. Yeah. And that's where, where you're operating a lot of. Yeah. You know, so definitely if you're somebody that like, look, it doesn't matter what you do for a living. You should just be doing something to take care of yourself. Absolutely. I mean, because your movements in real life, I mean, picking up the packages or whatever, you're doing something in the transverse plane all the time. Definitely. And it seems like that's where people are hurting their knees and sure. I mean, you can even see there's, you know, there's those, those among the general population who, you know, and, and, and I've, I've been there myself. Sometimes you walk into a building and the door just happens to be really, really heavy and yeah. you got to find a way to like, yeah. you just aren't prepared for that. And um, <laughs> so the more you train to twist and, and get out of alignment is some talk about, so you can kind of have some security and capability there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You know? And then if you're an athlete working out at your gym, uh, you're into deadlifts or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it just helps right there too. Yeah. It really does. Right. Cause you know, the thing that I look at from really the larger umbrella of charge and, and what we do as a gym training facility, I don't really go with the moniker like boutique fitness or studio. Like it's a gym. Like we have tall ceilings, we have a ton of equipment we have right. dumbbells up to 90. Like we're there for, the old school strength um, and the legitimacy of working at a certain capacity where you do get change. And um, so so in that sort of like hierarchy of how we want to train, there's this like focus on even when you're doing a deadlift, something could happen. So mm -hmm. let's not train to do your maximal, most crazy, crazy deadlift. Like that may be appropriate for some person and that may be appropriate in some space. But in, in our world, it's like, let's train to make sure you deadlift well and where certain techniques or exercises or the mace in particular comes in is that when, when that all comes in, what we're training for is that moment when things do go off and you are maybe doing a 85% max lift right. and something feels a little bit funny. Are you gonna make a shift in the wrong direction and pull your back or are you gonna be able to hunker down? And I think not only being offset, but having that that ability to wrap into the mace and get a deeper degree and depth of tension in right. your core yeah. is like, that's the, the magic of the mace. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I say this all the time, I probably am repeating myself. So if you're somebody who frequently listens to the podcast, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Um, <laughs> but isometrics, you know, you walk into any gym and you never see anybody doing them really. Yeah. Maybe you see like a slow rep, like, you know, four count or something, but you never see somebody just holding a weight for an extended period of time. And isometrics are like part of the whole platform. Yeah. And you know, I never did them. Yeah. I never did them. Now I'm doing them. Sure. And I see how freaking crazy 10 pounds can feel in your hands when you really apply isometrics to yeah. it. It's fantastic. I think it's a the the space of the mace, meaning, you know, the actual mace itself and the how that works with you spatially, but also the right. the the sort of hive mind of the mace right now is all about that. It's you know, creating those landmarks and those isometric uh, spots where we can create uh, more integrity in the structure. Um, and then, you know, on top of that, it is the ability to 
to sort of work in different angles and things like that and keep it together. But, you know, thinking about isometrics was so interesting with that is that, you know, you need the isometrics to go into the dynamic stuff that we do in maces, right? And, you know, there's also isometric holds and negatives and things like that. But the one thing that's kind of cool about the mace is the expressive aspect that I think we see a lot of in, you know, not just the steel mace flow community. Everybody expresses, like, this is my mace. I've, I've either, you know, like Jamie Pinto, right? Like yeah. he does really awesome stuff with his mace and uh, his mace sabers and monatomic. And, and I've even went to him and said, like, hey, I want to do one. Like, I want to go with you and I want you to make a, a mace saber with me. But, you know, there's different companies out there that make uh, maces of different styles and everybody's sort of showing like this is the tool that I work with this suits me this is right. expresses me but you know I got to take it back to the 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 king Arnold um, you know when I was reading his bodybuilding books which is my background he right. was talking about the importance of posing and how right yeah and you know so when I was in high school and college and I still do this and my wife will like you know she'll either compliment me or she'll be like you're silly I'll be standing in our mirror and I'll be you know just at the end of the day I'm just kind of feeling everything out and, and I've always enjoyed posing. And I think what's neat about the mace is that you not only get to have that isometric control, but you're showing someone a structure and you get to have those straight lines. And, you know, there's so the Bible of bodybuilding, uh, I think I believe that's what it was called, or the encyclopedia of bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah, the big one. Yeah. Um, you know, Arnold, I think he talks about it in all of his books, but he talks about it there. And um, and I realized, oh, yeah, like that's really great. Yeah. And um, I did an amateur bodybuilding competition in college and you know, you needed to be able to pose. You needed to understand where your body is. It, it, it creates some proprioception. The It creates the landmarks and the integrity of a start-stop position. So I think the isometric making light heavy, but also like knowing where you are is um, I think it, it, what makes the mace, I think a huge compass of movement in that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I, I had that same thought or re realization at one time where I pictured bodybuilding competitions, guys up on stage, but instead holding maces, sure. jacked guys yeah, yeah. and, you know, just showing their backs and everything. I'm like, holy shit, that's pretty yeah. much what what's going on here when we're doing this. Absolutely. And it's fantastic because if posing is not something that you're into, you feel silly doing it or whatever, then with a mace, it's a completely different animal. Yeah. So you can do it. Yeah. You know, and you don't feel like you're, I don't know, maybe wasting your time or whatever. That's what some people might think or whatever. Definitely. And I think that, the, so I, w I want to hit on two interesting points there because, you know, go going back to Arnold, there there was uh, one of the movies, it was either Pumping Iron, maybe it was Total Rebuild, which was the, the one that came out in like 1980 when he made his comeback. But there's a scene where he's, I think he's outside Gold's Gym or wherever he, he is, and he's going through his famous, you know, he's swinging from the rear double bicep to the to the front and you know he's almost and he said like you know he would practice his posing routine and kind of flow from each movement to the other so arnold was practicing flow back in the day just yeah, remember right. that <laughs> um but uh but the other end of it is that one of the reasons why i got into mace was i was i was working at other uh gyms or studios in, in philadelphia i had been a trainer for like maybe a few years at the time just really started out and um was learning a lot and, and, and going through those first, you know, year to two years of like meeting different clientele, seeing how I could serve them with my sort of like repertoire of exercise and understanding and knowledge at that time. And then, you know, seeing the, the gyms that I was in and sort of what their culture was and what their training style was. And, you know, 
along came the mace and I thought, you know, this is something that it looks cool. It's, it is actually really approachable. And when people pick it up and do the sort of difficult or the deep or the very detailed work, it's that little bit of offset that's gonna like kind of turn them on to go, oh wait, I think I kind of feel what you're talking about in my core. Oh yeah, it's kind of turning on a little bit earlier and it looks awesome. You're essentially holding, you know, a, a model of what we what we commonly know as a medieval weapon. So there becomes this degree of, you know, I see fitness as falling within the martial arts to a degree, right? It is about building yes. survival skills and rigidity and strength and overcoming an obstacle. Um, so while it's different and the mace is sort of different in that way, there's definitely a crossover there. Yeah. And and when you start to, I, I believe that when you start to move in those patterns that ignite a certain sense of energy and passion and, and just sort of that visceral physical state that comes from like exerting yourself, right? If you lift up a bunch of heavy weights or if you, you know, if you lift it once for the max, it feels a certain way. If you're doing like, you know, 12 reps, medium, medium weight, but you're, you're getting pumped up and you're getting that metabolic response. Or if you're running, you know, like I was running up the Ben Franklin bridge in Philadelphia and I just had a good clip going and I felt like a warrior, you know, it woke me up inside, it wakes up your spirit. And I think just looking at the mace, it becomes this, for me as a trainer, I thought if I could hand this to someone and say, Hey, we're going to work with this tool. It's called a mace. I, I knew that like, there would be like a 99% chance that that person would would be all in and like just ready to soak it up. So it made the the difficult functional training uh, maybe that's you know some people want to do AMRAPs and EMOMs and, and 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 burpees all day long, but how do we as professionals get them to like really get insight into the nuances of their movement and fitness and i looked at the mace and it was almost like glistening like i am your answer <laughs> so right. yeah so i think that's the the biggest thing is it makes that isometric work feel much more complete and it gives them a sense of like oh i am supposed to be it's different than just like being the guy in the gym who's always flexing and looking you know in the mirror but which is you kind of need to do that too based on our arnold conversation but i think the mace just really pulls it together and, and almost creates a bit of a context in which this is how you're supposed you, you should do these things and and the mace makes it like totally approachable and right right yeah because yeah. some people are just they're gonna say i feel silly posing in front of me or in front of people totally and everybody's got different builds right yep. we, we know that and nobody has to look like a bodybuilder that's a whole other animal and and uh there's pros and cons to that too and most of us are just looking to feel good and be able to kick ass at our lives yeah that's it so i mean you're you're you, i couldn't have said it better you're you that was very well spoken um we might have to make a little edit for that and put put it up on the yeah on instagram just that one piece you said there so now as you're um moving along with your mace uh practice um are you finding yourself just super passionate or are you like borderline obsessed with it like it seems most of us are getting yeah so yeah i mean hmm so there's the it's like it came in phases what's interesting is like in a flash for almost four years later the mace has become a huge part of my identity mm. and um you know so there's like though there's so many things i could say about it um you know, w within the first year, so December 2015, I actually opened charge and was actually 
right at that time, kind of like pop up, running the business, doing some group training. And then I got my own location uh, that following June and moved into that new space and was building up my training. And um, I knew from the beginning that I wanted the mace to be a cornerstone of our, we didn't really have, and I would say we, we don't really have a training model. It's more of a philosophy. Um, but the the mace was always going to be a cornerstone of like our brand our facility and and speak to how we train um but as the gym was going on and i was building it up i just i didn't want it to be all mace and scare people away so there was a point where i was very into the mace but i didn't i didn't quite know where i was going to take it and i was actually if, if i can say with some humility i was still learning a lot myself and i wasn't capable as a coach at that point in time or i didn't know how to be capable i didn't know how to deliver this and make other people people feel totally confident and capable i mean because there was some there were some people who would like pick it up and be like whoa this i'm gonna hit myself in the head you know and 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 they you know feel that way initially and that goes away quickly but um you know i was sort of in that that zone of like i need to build my business i want to pump up the mace but how do i do it and then i made the decision to go to on it and i think that sort of directed me like okay i need to prepare and that was four years ago on it was two i want to say two years ago i think it was actually okay. november of uh 17. yeah yeah so, so but you were already feeling that vibe totally like I mean, you I, knew that this yeah. could be it was, the most awesome thing ever and you wanted to be at the cornerstone it was a long-term commitment from the start yeah yeah 100 percent. that's great man. yeah and you know the thing is like uh, on a personal scale like i mean this is kind of funny but my my family from italy they're iron workers so they're always yeah and I thought, well, this is not only is a steel mace, but I'm, I'm working through, and I kind of convinced myself that all the shoulder movements were kind of in my DNA. And, you know, I've come from this line of people who are always, you know, doing this. So, you know, there was that and just that sense of like, you know, again, it kind of pulls you back to your DNA because you're kind of going to this more primal martial end of, you know, but then the other side of it of like throwing and chopping and things like that. So I definitely felt like, you know what, like I'm the sort of guy who I'm the sort of, I mean, any build can swing the mace, right? But, um, but I felt like, okay, if there's one sort of uh, going back to those Wolverine muscles, you know, if there's one sort of, there was a feeling of like, hey, this is an avenue that I should get down and stay down for sure. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you know, the first time I met you, um, you actually came up this way and we had that that beast mode collective of all all these uh, East Coast guys there. Um, and that energy came right off of you. I, I picked that up right away. Like you really believed in this and same with everybody else in that room. Definitely. You know? So I, that it just makes me feel so good about this. And, and it's beyond the mace. It's it's that energy is remarkable. Sure. And, uh, who doesn't want to ride that wave, you know? Definitely. So now, how would you uh, start off somebody? Mm. Uh, you know, somebody comes in, they're like, what's this mace thing? And they're all, you know, they're timid, they're worried they're going to hit themselves. How do you start off a beginner? What do you do? So what I typically do is I, I like to go, you know, in the, in the past, I might have started someone off by like, you know, well, first of all, what I always do is I go through the anatomy of the mace. This is the head this is the handle like these are the neural marks you know so if it's like above bottom neural mark or top of like so we know where we're putting our hands and then we talk about over and under and we'll go through the positions a little bit um 
and it really you know if it's a personal training client it's one thing if it's if someone in a in a class we kind of just move right along but we make sure that those things are known um and then what i really like to do is i, I like to start to solidify the um front load top front loaded position the out out grip and then i like to get into things like curls right. switch curls maybe even taking it from in steel mace flow like the landmark two where you're right here yeah. and that's just like it's just a tighter range so we'll just work on that and then i'll usually expand out to uh you know the full switch curls and then i like to get into things like lateral lunges front lunging and back lunging one thing having uh jamie pinto in philadelphia is that when him and i met and he had already started steel mace flow coaching um he had done the certification back in november and i did it back in this past february so i was able to sort of with a live person in front of me see like oh this is the steel mace flow thing i had seen leo i had seen other uh, people yeah. doing things but i i sort of thought okay like i'm not there yet and and sort of how much room i have to take on new new mace moves but having jamie in the room and just having him break down some of these what i saw leo doing um made me sort of go okay i know that i can do this more myself i know that i can have someone transition from one lunge to another um so i typically so going back you know for reasons like that and having that awareness i like to uh, bring them into some side lunges where we can start to establish flow from these basic landmarks. Um, and then I, I do like to bring people into uppercuts, whether it's starting low with the mace behind you and, and lunging forward, or even just, you know, basically going, what I like to do is take people into like a transverse uppercut and things like that. So those are really the main um, moves that I like to go through for a beginner. And then um, what's been really great is with both Jamie and I at Charge, our clients have had an opportunity to really get deeper into their own steel mace flow and starting to hang with us as we go through more complex, you know, upper body transitions yeah. and, and things like that. And it's been really neat to see within, you know, even a short period of time where both Jamie and I were in the gym instructing steel mace flow style that people were picking up on it right away and saying, okay, this is a place I want to go with it. So have you had anybody reject it? No, 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 absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> and there's people like, so we, uh, there's a client in our gym and, uh, her name's Karen. I'm, I didn't tell her I was going to talk about her, but that's fine. What's up, Karen? Yeah, Karen. Um, but Karen used to do martial arts when she was younger. And yeah, after about yeah. two workouts, she's like, hey, I really like this. Like, I yeah. used to do martial arts when I was younger. And, like, this, I feel like this is the same sort of thing. And it, it kind of reminds me of that thing I used to do. And, and then we've had other clients who are newer. And, like, let's say they've had shoulder injuries. And they might be a little apprehensive at first. But, yeah. again, the mace is a great teacher. And all of a sudden, in a short period of time, what they were needing to feel in that joint space is now felt and connected. And they're like, oh, okay, now I can go to the next level. So maybe, you know, there are people out there who are, you know, hey, this is like, I'm not sure about this, so we can take it back and we can kind of work on the basics and, you know, and then there's someone right next to them who may be a little bit advanced and they can do a different sort of, uh, you know, flip or, or overhead 360 or anything like that. Yeah, so, so you're probably seeing not only like the up and coming Mace student, um, you're seeing them just generally looking to take it, take it to the next level, but you're seeing the more advanced students looking now and say, Hey, I can help you with that. And Definitely. they're sort of like mingling on their own and they're 
exchanging ideas and helping each other, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I think having people so one one thing that we're we're doing right now, we have a bunch of our members who are we're doing a group buy so everybody can get their own ten pound steel maces for home. So not only can they come in our gym and, and do the training with us, but we're now providing, like we're saying, hey, go buy a steel mace and you can take it to your house, keep it there, train with us. And when you're back home, you can repeat these moves and start to experiment yourself. And if you have deeper questions about what you're doing, like that's that extended space for you. So we're actually having, I think, over 10 people. And, and my, you know, we don't have like, we're not like a hundred plus member gym. So um, more than 10%, probably 30% of our of our, our membership is saying, yeah, I want my own steel mace right now. Yeah. So I, you know, that's a, a good thing you just mentioned. So, you know, if you have people actually go out and buy a mace and they bring it home, that thing is going to be somewhere in their house. They're going to see it. So, you know, maybe when they're starting off, you know, you always get that sort of like um, peaks and valleys sort of situation where where a person wants to do something, but then they get caught up with something else and they don't see him for two weeks. But yeah. I, I feel like that mace is there. Like, yo, look over here. Yep. You got to swing me. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm going to go grab you and go down to charge. And, and now right. instead of doing whatever it is that they were, they had to do. Yeah. Right. And you know, the, so in one thing that I liked about when I, um, learned from Leo at the Steel Maze Flow certification is, you know, he talked about starting off and how, and he, he's described this from, I think, a number of people who he's talked to in the Maze community, who whether they're just, they work out with it or whether they become coaches, that th every, there's, there's this point where they're home, the lights are low, maybe they got some music on, maybe it's just silent, and they're just flowing with their mace. Right. And I think it really, I mean, some people look at it and they say, oh, I don't have enough room in my living room. And I was just swinging a lightsaber around here so yeah. you can you can find the space. <laughs> yeah. But and I think uh, somebody else in our, our community was, I think, was it was it built by Ben, was showing us how to do it in the hallway. In the hallway, yes. Yeah, right. right. So, and that, I saw that and I was like, that's great. Yeah. Um, so, and I myself, like the 30 days of flow that everyone's been doing and hashtagging, I, I got into that and that's kind of gotten me um, seeing my mace at home and even if i have to start dinner and and, and fire up the grill i'm doing that yeah. and you'll you'll see videos of me but like what's out of frame is a grill with sizzling meat on it yeah, yeah. and while that well the well dinner's cooking i'm outside on my back porch just doing 20 minutes of flow and i might walk outside with no idea whatsoever and i might think okay i want to do something uppercut oriented i want to do a little bit of a sword swing i maybe we can go into a little dragon lunge here and we'll go this way and then you know a couple minutes later i'm working on a concept and you know you can love it or you can leave it but yeah. you know in that short period of time the mace is there for you and you snuck it in there. Yeah, there's time. time. Is, yeah, time so for now let me ask you this. Yeah, Let's, this is to see how good you really are. <laughs> when you were out there barbecuing and flowing mace, <laughs> did you burn the food? No, <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no. Everything was cooked perfect. You, was good. you didn't disappoint dinner. Nope. <laughs> All right, then you're you're awesome. Man. Yeah, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing and uh, I, I I burnt some food. Yeah, I burnt some food. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, it wasn't that bad. I still ate it. I'll yeah. eat anything anyway. But, um, yeah, same thing. I, I go out in my deck and I'm like, dude, what am I standing here for? Just watching me yeah. grab the, just even just do some sword swings just to get you going. And it always seems to actually be some of your best flow sometimes yep. too. It's yep. like you weren't planning on it, you know, and all of a sudden it just happens. Definitely. So it's pretty cool like that. Yeah. 
So now you're, um, I want to talk about your motto you have on your Instagram. Sure. So you, your, your motto is uh, fitness for modern humans. Yeah, real fitness for modern humans. Yeah, real fitness for modern humans. Yeah. I thought that was interesting because um, not just humans, for modern humans. Why? What, what's up with that? Yeah, so, you know, I think as we've come to find, um, like, from the industrial, uh, industrial revolution onward, like, our lifestyles have changed. Uh, the word sedentary is is used commonly when it comes to our health issues and our uh, orthopedic musculoskeletal uh, sports injury issues. And uh, gyms are, you know, still popping up all over the place. And there's new uh, or what seems like new fitness trends, which actually echo old fitness trends, the steel mace being one of them. And uh, so when I when I opened Charge as a gym, I really thought about, you know, what my fitness experience had been, you know, going from those those um, sort of philosophies of bodybuilding and weightlifting, which were, I think, in a, in a way that the gym rat code does sort of create some humility, it creates community, it creates uh, discipline and like some some like guidelines and manners for the gym. And I think that having that context and that space set aside for that is purpose built to make you fit um, is a really valuable thing. So I wanted a sense of that old school big gym feeling. And, um, and so what we did at charge, what I did at charge when I opened it up is I wanted a space where people could get effective work in, but it would, it wouldn't undersell or undercut what they truly needed to have on hand equipment wise and style wise to get impactful work in and uh, i think when we talked before i um i mentioned that i spent some time at drexel university working with their strength and conditioning staff yes. and yeah. that was a great opportunity and i saw young men and women college age however they were people at a point in their life and they were growing and they were getting to a certain level of performance. And I saw that gym, which is exquisite and what they were doing there. And, um, you know, I thought if, if people want to do certain, if people want to hit a certain goal and have a certain adaptation occur in their body, there needs to be a certain setting that can really provide for that. However, not everyone's a college athlete. And uh, so real fitness, going back to a real fitness for the modern human is, you know, so many people need coordination, they need balance, they need time and space, maybe they need a 20 minute warm up, mm -hmm. just so that be, whether it be to create mindfulness or focus, you know, to quiet down the nervous system to get them breathing effectively to get their body up to temp so that someone isn't going to say, okay, the goal of my workout of today is to PR my, my power clean when really the goal of their workout should be to like work on some breathing technique, develop deeper core engagement, work on coordination, work on posture, work on dynamic movement in space, and just other sort of skill sets that actually meet the modern human where they are, mostly in front of a computer, mostly using a cell phone for, for probably at least 75% of the tasks that we carry out in a day. Yeah. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, putting it in a model that isn't like a studio or a boutique or a three-step program, but something that actually kind of conglomerates, if I can say that, the 
the old school training styles of barbell and dumbbell, but the new school functional body weight, um, working on mobility, working on agility and in conditioning, you know, we have sleds in our gym, yeah. we have climbing ropes. And, and instead of getting on the TRX trainer, I may have somebody do a body weight rope, hold, body weight uh, row holding the rope because it's great to work your grip. It, it makes yeah. you sort of dig deeper. And we're working on the finer details and complexity of fitness instead of just like brute force. Like, hey, six weeks later, I got results, but my knee's about to like have a meniscus tear. Yeah. So like, so, so real fitness for the modern human actually says, okay, six months from now, I've learned a lot about my body. I I'm, I'm well versed in fitness tools that I will find far and wide. So let's say I'm no longer at charge and I, and I go to a different city or I move to the other side of town. I'm going to have the wherewithal to know this is a dumbbell. This is what you do with it. This is a barbell. This is what you do with it. I have my mace at home. I do that there and that keeps me in check. And if I want to do cardio, I know the, the, the myths and the facts and I can, so, and that's really, so we're, we're real fitness for the modern human, but the other end of it is the, our motto is you are in charge. And so I think real fitness for the modern human is legit fitness that's appropriate and calculated to hit your body in a way that works the most instead of like our system and our sort of like what we're trying to show makes people fit. Like right. what makes you fit is what makes you fit. Um, and we, we deliver that and get people to kind of take ownership of that um, and learn, you know, what it means to be fit and what the healthy and sort of positive approach is to fitness, being able to do and have capability versus like just sort of a short term sort of like, uh, you know, you know, materialistic sort of goal. Yeah. Or like um, just going for the six pack abs or something. Sure. It's going to be a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. There's more to life. There's yeah. more to fitness than getting a six pack. And for some people, it's just getting a, a strong and stable spine first. Right. For other people, it's like, hey, that six pack isn't going to get you what you think it's going to get you. But when you learn to own your body from head to toe and you truly feel like comfortable and confident because, you know, at the end of the day, I, I do believe that, you know, we we are helping people and but it's like you can teach someone how to fish, right? Or you mm -hmm. can you can give someone a fish and they'll eat for a day and you can teach them how to fish and they'll they'll be able to eat for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I think a lot of trainers out there feel the same way. It's we're we're trying to give something that we've experienced ourselves and right. impart that knowledge on somebody else. We want to give them results, but what I am really focused on giving them is like awareness and mindfulness around fitness because I'm 32 years old. I own a gym. I'm a personal trainer, but like, but I was a teenager once and I was in college once and I wanted to be a pro bodybuilder once. Yeah. And, and I realized at a certain point, like I could do this, but the reasons why I'm doing it um, and, and, and where it would actually get me and how that would actually make me feel. I mean, there's like, I'm not knocking bodybuilding. It's a great sport. And there's a lot of people who can get into it and can be really successful. I, I was able to sort of see my cards at the time. And, um, and I think the, the best asset that you can kind of give somebody, um, whether it's within the confines of steel mace, being a trainer, gym owner, whatever it is, is, um, just kind of like giving them that stability and, uh, really knowing what their purpose is to get into the gym and, and, and walking away with the the right areas of improvement and just in a, a, a base that is sort of like equity in their fitness bank versus, yeah. oh. like, a, versus like a loan, so to speak. Yeah, nice, right? nice, yeah. very good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, I think, I think there is still a stigma out there where uh, people think that, you know, 
they look at the bodybuilders and then it's like, well, I don't, I don't want to go that way. I don't. And then they just shut off completely to the gym. Yeah. And they don't realize that there's this whole other approach, this whole other perception, this whole other avenue or outlook that you could, you know, you could just feel good. You could yeah. play with your kids uh, all day long. You could play with your grandkids. Yeah. You, know, you could still get up and move and and uh, not feel pain and Definitely. stuff like that. And that you don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah. Uh, three times a month for different things and medications and stuff that that this is actually medicine. Totally. Yeah. And I think that's the, the perception that has to be shaped. I mean, um, unfortunately, the, the fitness industry, the, a lot of the stuff you keep seeing and even like small gyms, they'll do this. They'll, they'll get a picture from somewhere of like the hottest chick yeah. or the most ripped dude. And it's like, you know, 60 day uh, burn, burn fat program. And and you, nobody's ever going to look like that, that that even though those people don't look like that, that's right, only right. for like a very small window of time. Sure, sure. And yeah. it's all illusions and stuff. But it, it's like part of the sell, sell, sell thing. Absolutely. You know? And I, I think like if people slow down and listen to the message that you're delivering, they could really see like this. This all just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's um you know if, if I could go back to um the part about taking out a loan versus having equity on your fitness, it's um if I can look at my experience, you know, I, I could create a sixty day look like this. I could create a system and I could franchise it, and who knows, like who you know that those things can happen. There may be a need for that, but um but it's about sharing the moments of self-awareness that we've had in fitness that's taken us this far you know mm -hmm. when i go to someone hey deadlift this way or like maybe adjust your lunge that way or like when you hold the mace the importance of what we're doing here is improving this area of your body and some people you know i think this happens in different uh instances and i definitely felt it at a certain point along my journey when i would see someone who was more advanced than me i would think to myself like "Ooh, but i i can't do that or i can't work on that level but um you know i think what i try to do and, and what my opinion is is that like that's the level you want to be on you want to peel that onion back a little bit further you want to go down the rabbit hole a little further because that's where the win is in awareness and knowing what you do need and what you don't need and being totally comfort comfortable there's uh one one guy i follow and i share a bit of on youtube is uh jordan uh siat i think that's s-y-a-t-t -T. Uh, works with gary vaynerchuk and all that and he does really i think really funny um but very poignant uh messages about like the over obsession of things you know and one thing he talked about is like for some people uh skipping the donut and keeping the diet on track is the win for other people eating the donut and moving on with your life is the win and yeah. i've been at both ends of that yeah and and and, and where i kind of tell people to be is like one day you can be on one end the other day you can be on, on the other end but both days you should definitely not be worried about that blip on the radar now and then there are some people who may need to like really stay away from that and that may be a point in their journey but you know i would impart the awareness to them that someday you want to be in the spot where you do eat that donut you know yeah, right so i think that level of awareness and ease because fitness is a lifelong mission right you know you know that i know that and if and if we're the ones that are teaching it and we're realizing that whatever you want to get whatever you want to keep you have to fit it into your lifestyle like i, I refer to fitness as like the matrix 
right? It's like you literally are, are in the fitness reality. And from there, you're kind of getting the almost like when Neo's on the chair and he's like getting the the uh, you know the upload of how to do kung fu or, yeah, or, right. or whatever. It's like fitness is that space that you can go to. And when you're as, as long as you can do it, when you're there for the hour or, or whatever, it's what is this mace doing for me? How am I? What is happening when I'm holding myself from a bar? I'm doing a bear crawl. What does that mean for my body and how can I take that? And I even had a client this week. It was always great to hear these sort of things where they're like, I actually prefer it because, you know, it, it while the, the exercise can be difficult and, you know, there's that like, oh, man, this is tough. If I'm thinking about my form and I'm taking in the information that's relevant here, I'm actually focusing more. I'm doing a better job, and I'm not getting distracted by how much it sucks. So, so I think there's like a huge level of like kind of considering yourself like you are in a state or a place of like a flow state to to make it about fitness. It's almost like its own world in a way. We we value things differently. It isn't about winning and losing. And I think if you're in a good gym, it's not about how you look or how much you lift. It's, right. it's the fact that you show up and you're respectful to the process and the people and yeah. your in your community and your coaches. And as a coach, that's the only thing I would ever look for. You know, somebody doesn't have to take a steel mace and make it their life, but if they can pick it up and see the positive in it and move it around and have a an experience there, then then that you win, right? Like you did the, this is how you work the fitness machine, right? You come in, you go through the moves, you learn, and then, uh, you know, you walk away just having this much improvement today. And then you just move on, you do it the next day. Right. It's, yeah. it, it, it can't, I believe that it can be easy. Once we look at our greater context and sort of say, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to come back and do this next week anyway. Right. What's there to lose? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good point about getting hung up on those little things like the donut or whatever. And, you know, that could really mess up your whole mindset when you do fall off the tracks a little bit. And and instead of embracing it and like, yeah, all right, I, I had a donut, you know. this. But the thing is, focus on those nice little chips that you get when you, when you do get to the gym and walk away with that victory. Don't Definitely. even think about the donut. Think about the fact that you were just at the gym for the past hour with a great bunch of people yeah. laughing, having a good time, supporting each other, and take that positive energy with you and just wipe that donut right off the yeah. – it doesn't even matter because you're doing the other stuff. For sure. And you know, I was One of the questions I had written down here was um, uh, what do you enjoy the most about – owning a gym and i think you pretty much answered that and you know everything that you've been saying right here it's very easy to tell that you enjoy seeing people transform themselves up here yeah and and knowing that the rest just follows yeah and that that transformation process comes from you know just support and and helping people like you want to help people and i think it comes from you know another thing too is it, it comes from trust like how do trainers make themselves trustable yeah right and like so one thing i always go back to is that when i went to on it for my steel maze training that was kind of the first time since i had opened a gym you know it's one thing to be a trainer it's another thing to be the main trainer and the business owner and be opening like in june yeah, you know right. Um, so, so about a year and a half or so in, I decided to go to on it and I did the certification and I was there with, um, with Isik, uh, Eric Melland and, uh, Aaron Furry. 
and they led the certification and it was Saturday morning, day one, and it was a Saturday, Sunday certification and it's Sunday, uh, Saturday morning. And I'd been probably, you know, two hours into the certification. We had done intros and we had learned some basics and then it was like, okay, let's go to the next thing now. And we were, um, I was standing there and I thought, wow, man, that was really hard. Like I did this thing with the mace that I don't normally do and my shoulders are burning a bit more and like I'm definitely being challenged. Then I was like, oh, it's 1030 in the morning and I haven't told anybody what to do yet, but I've been in a gym all day Mm. and I'm being told what to do and it feels good because I'm learning more and I'm I'm growing and I'm being able to be that person who's like, you know, I think I know my way around the steel mace. I own a gym. I'm a trainer. But here's this guy who and this woman who I haven't really met before and I followed them on Instagram, but I'm at on it yeah. and we're in this space and they're saying things and I'm doing them and so far so good. Right. So I think that there is from the coach's end of experiencing that sort of like just relief and sort of saying like, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm going to let somebody else tell me how this should go and i'm gonna see how that feels afterwards because i know i can't create that on my own right so i'm going to get a better reward a better experience something new something more because i'm just listening to somebody else who by all means you know has more experience and knows more than i do so i think that's another huge thing in our culture as well and especially when it comes to the gym that helps people make that like a open-minded awareness that change up top is like it's okay like your coach is here to make you better like yeah. they are bringing you something that will bring a certain positive result so i think one of the biggest areas as a business owner as a gym owner is actually making this change up here but actually finding really creative ways and it's been a point of growth for myself to find out how do you make your your gym culture your physical gym space your clientele breed that sort of space of being students Mm -hmm. as clients versus like say consumers as clients right it's like i you know i paid i'm here now i get to do the work versus like it's never going to be a finished product you know so i think that idea of of sort of for me what i enjoy the most is driving a message in a culture that is not easy no it's not easy but it's really cool what you're saying because all these things are popping up in my head while you're saying this and i'm gonna i guess i'm gonna bash box gyms um Mm -hmm. i still belong to one but it was so cheap i don't i didn't get rid of it but uh, i moved on from the box gym to um you know a a real gym and while you're describing that yes the box gym i'm a consumer yep and at the real gym critical mass i'm a student you know and when i look up i see uh, another trainer with one of their students and they're looking over a chart together and they're talking about how they're going to do this and and i mean it's like you're in a school yeah and it's way better because now you're 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 engaged more we've all been through some type of schooling so we know what happens to our our minds when we walk into an institution we switch it on you know you're you know unless you want to look like a dodo and you're gonna you're just you're start thinking right sure and then uh the other thing is when you go to a gym and you have trainers and they're telling you what to do and they're helping you they're catering to you basically and everybody at some point likes to be catered think about it we go away on a vacation and we're spending you know ridiculous amount of money on a room we want we want to be taken care of we want those chocolates on our pillows we want we want to be catered to so Let's switch the mindset and 
when we go to a gym, like this is an opportunity, it's like a spa, but instead, instead of being a plush and nice with people pushing out knots in your back or something, no, we're, we're telling you, okay, grab the bar, do it like this, lean back more, put yeah. your hips into it more. And they're catering to you. And yeah. that's, that's a great way to really uh, spin that experience into something that is more approachable. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think to have that sort of like as soon as you walk in knowing and, and being indicated with within the actual like this is what the workout is our workouts are based off of learning skill sets yeah so like when people come in they know that's what's going to happen you know so whether it's a mace move or whatever if it's like hey let's change that up it's not a you know you're not doing that right it's like this is how we're here to be better you yeah. know there's room for improvement across all things so i think and i think that's really my opinion the true positive nature of fitness is that it's like it is like a learning environment right. and i think it, i think that's what it i think in in the long term has the best chance of being you know if, if, it, if it becomes a now and, and there's some really incredible gyms out there and i've been in some where you have competitive athletes and some people who are doing really yeah. incredible expiring right. inspiring things in the gym i was in a gym where there were bodybuilders who were winning competitions when i was in high school and it definitely was like one of the best i mean in high school i was going to a gym like that and um seeing people do there was one guy who was training um like a, a, a paralympic uh bodybuilder who had had a, an, a motorcycle accident and, and did not have his lower leg so he was training him out of a wheelchair right. and to see things like that at, at the height of people's capability is also what sort of you know even if you're not there it's what sets the stage for possibility and and just like inclusiveness in that way that anybody can come in and try their hardest yeah that's it yeah and then if you you're, you're not going to walk in there into that kind of environment and say oh, i'm the weakest person here i feel so ashamed or you're it's not that kind of environment you're going to say oh i could become stronger you're you're you yeah. see the possibilities because you have these coaches that are that are like right there with you yep. and they're they're saying no man we got you we're gonna take this to the next level and that's what you're looking at you're not looking at everybody's doing better than you i mean yeah. everybody has their starting day Definitely. everybody has their first day you're gonna you're gonna make your mistakes who cares you now you're in there and i you know in my in my lifetime i remember you know when i was a teenager and i started working out and everything and i stopped drinking soda mm. you know that was like i was big yeah and i would drink bottled water and i was i mean i was young i was like maybe eighth or ninth grade you know i just i had these experiences as a young kid it was just where i was I, I took to fitness along with the sports that i played but fitness was that sort of backbone that i could, could do it on my bedroom floor i could do it in the basement and then yeah. eventually you know went to a gym and um but i think that um the sort of experience that i had then and i've seen people as adults oh i got into shape i stopped drinking soda last week it's crazy it's like yeah. i remember that every yeah. you know we everybody's different and they have their own lives but we live in the same universe and there are these sort of mixed experiences that we share you know everybody kind of you know you you join the big box gym and then you find a gym that's like has like tighter training and you you really get deep into yeah. it 
And, um, and I was having a great conversation with a client that we talked about, you know, some people just need to start off at bigger box gyms. They need to go to a Planet Fitness and, and just figure it out a little bit. And, you know, there are those people who, and, and I, I was there, like, where I walked into a gym and I compared myself to other people and right. I wanted to feel comfortable. But then there was the time where I was on the flip side of that and I heard somebody else having that conversation and I thought to myself, you know, I just want to tell them, like, really, like, the people who matter will not be judging you because they're in a, a mindset in a place in, a, in, a, in probably any gym really um 95 of the time the people around you are, are actually going to recognize that you're working hard next to them and they're just going to be like thankful for that space like you're not going to go into a gym and get made fun of right, right? i mean and, and that and that may happen to some people and, and that may come down to the gym but the reality in gym fitness culture is that so many people hit these sort of transition points and then there's that day where you walk in and you feel comfortable in your skin and the reality is all along that like you were like looked upon and received positively because you are in the space you are in that fitness space and, um, and I think there's something really special about that in fitness. Yeah, you know, definitely. Yeah, it's not. There's you're not getting sized up at the door. It's, no, it's, right. Yeah, if you if you come in and put in the sweat and you're positive and you're in the space, it, it may be it may be intimidating and and and, every, and and again everybody hits this bump. But once you get over it and you look back, you, I think everybody realizes like I didn't have anything to worry about. Yep. That was actually really comfortable and I mm -hmm. felt good the whole time comparatively. So, so yeah, I think taking away those fear factors, I like to think of my gym as a like low intimidation factor, high, you know, outcome results. Like we can still get really high end results without having that sort of like, this is a contest. You have to lose X amount of weight in 30, 40 days. Like it's really like make this a lifestyle and, and get into that mindset of like, which a lot of people talk about is the growth mindset, right, um, right. which, yeah, simply put, have a growth mindset. Everything is an opportunity to move your body and take in more. So and I think nice. like to, I think the steel mace is what is so great in that sense, because it's 10 pounds. It's not a lot of weight, no. but it's the the winning of steel mace or steel mace flow isn't in how much weight and how far you can go. It's it could be as subtle as getting a hand transfer it could be as subtle as just getting the feeling of the mace in a switch curl and sort of getting that feedback so i think the the steel mace is such a great tool in that because you walk in you express yourself you you maybe do uh an exercise and you can either do it correctly or correct to a certain degree but in reality if you start moving with the mace we see that your building a relationship with the mace right. and, and when you build a relationship with the mace it creates a certain response in your body and you gain a physical adaptation and that is like the nicely packaged fitness that i like sort of think about you know yeah right yeah. that's really cool man I, I you know i um i got a lot of places i got to visit now you, you uh, yeah. your gym is definitely on my list i could definitely drive there from here so you drove up here anyway and thank you for that you're welcome for coming on thank up you for having me. this is a really cool podcast um, tell everybody how to get in touch with you and, you know, uh, your social media and everything. Cool. Uh, so you can follow us on Instagram, uh, charge underscore Philly. That'll take you to charges page. If you want to follow the Philly Mace training page, it's just at Philly Mace training. Uh, that's on Instagram as well. And, um, you can go to our main website, chargephilly.com and see all of our information there and, and some of the things we more on our philosophy and we'll be updating that site 
uh, in the coming weeks too. So that's cool. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, you know, if you're in the Philly area, uh, definitely make the effort because uh, I I met Charles. Uh, this is my second time meeting you, and we've been talking on Instagram. And everything. He's a good guy, and uh, I haven't been to the gym yet, but I know it's a great place, and I'm I'm definitely going to be going there. Yeah. And uh, I got to meet up with you and Jamie at the same time. That's right. So, you know, before we go, I uh, just want to throw this out there. Uh, there's some good news here that, um, you know, the podcast costs money to run because we're using a professional studio. And we now have a sponsor. Right on. And the sponsor, have you ever heard of Caffeine Spray? I've some, some, some versions of it, yeah. Yeah. So this is Ongo Energy Spray. And... Um, Basically, you just squirt it like two or three squirts in your mouth, and I used it before. And one thing I like about it is that, you know, like I don't have to chug a pre-workout or a coffee to get like all bloated, right, right. and I save the space for, for my water. So uh, you're going to he be hearing more about Ongo as we develop, but uh, they just jumped on board. It's our first sponsor. I'm very psyched about that. That means that we're going to be able to keep this podcast going. Uh, because awesome. at some point my wife is going to hit me over head with the rolling pin <laughs> and be like, what are you doing? Uh, you're just talking. And I'm like, Oh, I like talking. She's like, well, you could talk on the street corner, you know, so, <laughs> I, I, you know, uh, she's supportive of it, but, uh, obviously, you know, the things do cost money. So, um, if you guys want to try on go, it, there's a 25% discount. You go to ongospray.com. And in when you check out, it's Steel Mace 25. Do Steel Mace 25 to get your 25% off. Support the podcast so we can keep guys like Charles coming in here and running these podcasts. And I'm sure we're going to have you back, too, uh, in the future. Definitely. I plan on having everybody back. So, um, once again, thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you on the next episode. Take care.